What's up, world? What's up? What's up? What's up? This your boy Kadeem King, leader, and you are now tuned into the Encore Radio Show. The views and comments expressed on the following radio program by its hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the views of. Probably talking more than your rent is about I'm spending money just to make it, we getting it out But that's the hustle, nigga, guess I just figured it out Gold on my neck, goals on my check, holes on my dick Falls on the net, niggas think I rose from the dead Put the pressure in, they fall down the dad Fufu niggas only trying to join the cup for the deck No flash, doing shit that never was Alright folks, it's the Encore Radio Show Live here, this is Why So As you just heard, I'm here with Kadeem King Leader uh, you know, it took, yo, it took me a, a good minute to figure out what that actually was. I didn't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. I only seen it visually. Yeah. I was, I won't even say all the shit I was trying to say. Anyway, but I have it here, like the pronunciation, so I'm going to it up. <laughs> anyway, folks, the Uncle Radio Show podcast, hip hop podcast, is why so. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Uncle Radio Show. Uh, check out our website, UncleRadioShow.com. And check out the other shows in our network, the Indie Creative Network, Twitter, um, at Indie, creative, MW, all of the good stuff. I don't know. I don't, I don't really do shows like that. Anyway, so Kadeem King, you here? Thank you for coming through. Appreciate it. Nah, thank y'all for inviting me, man. Of thank course, y'all. of course, of course. Listen, uh, I mean, there's a see. I don't know. I don't think people realize that I be watching everyone's moves. I just don't be saying nothing like that. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't know if that's like something that everyone does, but. I listen. I guess now that um, twenty, I guess late twenty fifteen, going to twenty sixteen, I started really like posting more people's music yeah. on a, on a regular basis, videos and all the other stuff. But I've been, I've been, I've been following for a minute now, and um, work is solid. Appreciate that. Thank you. No, no problem. So let's let's do this. Let's start here. Who is Kadeem King? Like I can't speak for everyone, but personally, for me, it's easier to connect with an artist and understand. Um, some of the lyrics that they're putting out when I understand who they are as a person. So how would you best define Kadeem King? Um, it's it's, it's kind of hard to describe me because I'm such a complex person, but <laughs> like my outside is so calm, but my mm-hmm. inside is so complex. Um, yeah, yeah. I definitely, I definitely understand that. Yeah, man. Um, I'm just, I'm just a, a regular kid from East Harlem, man. Um, I grew up in the hood, but... I was I was protected from certain influences that okay. kept me from becoming a product of my environment. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm one of the few who grew up in the hood, but I seen it. I had an outside point of view. Okay, okay. Outside and what? Like how? How? I did like I didn't get so caught up in the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always heavily involved in activities. My grandmother, who raised me since I was young, she always kept a, like a tight hold on me when I was young. So I had a curfew. Mm-hmm. Um, after school If I wasn't in my After school program Basketball practice I had to be in the crib It was no roaming yeah. It was no nothing So That kind of helped out a lot um, I had a lot of positive Influences in my life That helped shape who I am mm-hmm. But then I also just Like you know Once you got a tight hold You want to sh- want to drift off And figure things out On your own So that's what helped Really shape me Like me going off And really rebelling And trying to mm-hmm. Figure things out on my own So that really helped me 
figure out who I wanted to become and who I am today. You know what's funny about that is that it's it's actually I want to say funny. The crazy thing about that is that people who grew up with like that tight, strict um, upbringing, when they get that little bit of space, they wall out. Yeah. They do all kind of like extra shit, whatever. I mean, I, I've seen it personally in college, whatever. I'm sure other people have seen it yeah. as well. You know, but it seems like you you weathered that storm. It, it trust me, man. It was it was it was it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. Like um, before rap, I was heavily into basketball. Mm-hmm. So whatever I put my mind to, that's what I'm 100 percent into. Yeah. So like me drifting off, it wasn't like me going off and going into parties. It was just like. Anything my parents would tell me or people would tell me, it's more like, it's not just me saying no. It's just like, well, why do I have to do it this way? Mm. If 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 I thought of another way that made more sense for me to do it. Okay, okay, that definitely makes sense. All right, so what artists would you say inspired your sound? No artists that I say inspired my sound. I'm a big, I got an old soul, so I'm a big old school hip hop fan, big old school R&B fan. Um, definitely a Tribe Called Quest, rest in peace to Fife Dog. Um, Tribe Called Quest, Big Daddy Kane, um, Pete Rock, CL Smooth, Jay-Z, definitely Cassidy. I say Cassidy probably had the most influence really? on okay. me, like, okay. as possible growing up. Just, I never heard nobody with a rhyme scheme like that. Mm-hmm. And I like people that make me think. So just yeah, to hear yeah, Cassidy's yeah. lyrics and his clever wordplay was just like, wow, this dude is ill. And then that's, I say everybody that I mentioned had some influence, but Cassidy really rounded it out for me. That's what's up. All right. So talk to me about East Harlem. Now, I'm a dude from Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, we got listeners in over 97 countries. Shout out to the Indie Creative Network as well for that. Um, but. We can't like we can hear about East Harlem. We hear about Harlem. We hear about Uptown. However, you can try to define that, like what it was like growing up in your hood. Well, East Harlem is more like like the forgotten side of Harlem. Okay. You know what I'm saying? When people mention Harlem and they talk about Uptown, they automatically think about like the West Side of Harlem. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference between the East and the West is, you know, the West Side is more cultural. Is they have the brownstones. It's more flashy. It's more everybody. That's the that's the Harlem everybody envisions. Okay. Now the east side of Harlem is like it's a small community. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Is is not as big as the west side. It's not as spacious. It's a beautiful place. Um, from from it's really El Barrio, Spanish Harlem's beautiful in culture, mm-hmm. beautiful artwork, murals on the wall everywhere you go. You can get the best Spanish food probably in New York City in mm-hmm. Spanish Harlem. But there's also a lot of violence um, Just due to the fact that It's heavily populated with um, Public housing mm-hmm. And the public housing Is probably across the street from each other So one project will be on 106th street And the next project will be right on 105th street oh, And everybody growing up in New York City Knows that it's very territorial mm-hmm. So that's where ma- most of the violence comes from It's, no, it's not enough space mm-hmm. For people to like Spread their wings And really Relax it's, You got one project here With one crew And then another project Right across the street With another crew And mm-hmm. then down the block It's another one And it's just like For about I say 10 blocks For I say about 20 blocks Going up And probably 5 blocks Going across It's nothing but projects Yeah So that's where Most of the Most of the static Comes from 
So it's like it's beautiful in culture, but there's also a lot of violence. There's also a lot of poverty. It's very heavily drug infested. Um, grown, I remember growing up, going to school, the train station. I used to get off of, cause I moved to the Bronx for a little bit with my father. Mm-hmm. I used to get off on 110th Street, and right there on 110th Street in Lexington, you in them early in the morning, you would see fiends just right there. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure everybody knows about 125th Street in Lexington mm-hmm. that was heavily infested, just cause it is the methadone clinic right there on 124th. Yeah. Um, that's that's really East Harlem. Mm-hmm. A lot of people really don't. They hear about it, but they don't. They hear about Harlem, but they don't really know about East Harlem. Like yeah. a lot of attention needs to be put on East Harlem because there's a lot of things that need to be fixed mm-hmm. in East Harlem. And like I said, it's a beautiful place, beautiful people. It's just that the violence really overtakes everything. It over yeah. it affects the kids growing up. Like the youth right now in East Harlem is horrible. Mm-hmm. They're horrible. They have no direction. It's nothing for them to get into. Um, the programs that I was involved with are getting shut down, so it's just it, like it's really hard. But I'm saying that's just East Harlem in a nutshell. That's crazy, but you know, it's 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 good for people to hear that uh, because obviously anyone who hears that a place is violent, it's like, oh no, I don't want to go there, yeah. or no, I don't want to know nothing about that. But to hear it from someone who actually lives there. And has seen the progression from where it was, which wasn't necessarily a great, like a great place, to now getting even deeper and stuff. It makes it hard. So, you know, hopefully people, hopefully the right person will hear it, will, will hear that, and you know, uh, fix something. Because I know that uh, shout out to Young Nate. I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago, before even before we had our our episode. He's telling me that he was upset a lot of the after school programs, even in. In Harlem and in other areas of the city, yeah. it's getting shut down. So Nate, Nate should run for mayor. Yo. Yeah, yo, Nate yo, I told. Mayor. That's my, that's my guy. Shout out, young Nate, man. Definitely, yeah, we definitely talked about that too. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil any of our, our latest surprises, man. Uh, but anyway, um, so some artists they didn't grow up um, as hip hop historians, right? And then other artists they basically lived hip hop their entire life. Where do you fit in on that scale? I feel like I lived music all my life. Okay. I I can't just say hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, my father was a rapper, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like I grew up listening to rap. I grew up listening, but he also was heavily into R and B. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's where I got like my laid back demeanor from. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when I did live with him, uh, we moved to the Bronx for about four years. Mm-hmm. And just me going at home every night, driving home, me playing either Chico DeBarge or Faith Evans. We get in the house, playing while he's cooking dinner. He's listening to uh, Mary J. Blige or whoever. So I'm just heavily influenced by music. Um, rap being one of the ones, it just happened when I was young. I like accidentally came across uh, Biggie Ready to Die. And once I put the album on, I was just playing Super Nintendo, just vibing out. And it was just like... Yo, this is crazy. Yeah. Like that and also Will Smith, Big Willie style. I was I was a heavily I was a heavy I'm still am a heavy Will Smith fan, but Big Willie style was so ill to me. That was just like I don't care. People could tease me whatever they want. <laughs> That's, That's a dope album. Yeah. I think people should go back and listen. That's a dope ass album. Yeah. Just those things just made me just sparked it into me like just help me incorporate music into my everyday. I would listen to those things every day while I did everything. And then it, 
I guess that's just how it started. How do you, as a as a child, playing Super Nintendo, take in the Ready to Die? Like, yeah, it, are we talking about the edited version? Which nah, I don't think it was about it was raw because it was just like I'm a very visual person. Okay, so. It was just like listening to the storytelling was just so crazy. Just mm-hmm. hearing, just hearing. Like at first, it took me a couple of listens to really understand. Because when I was young, I was just listening to the beats yeah, and yeah, the flow, yeah, and I was yeah. just, I was repeating things, and I didn't really know what I was saying. But the beats were dope, and the flow was just so crazy. And I would see Biggie on TV, and he was just so swaggy. And I was like, Yo, I want to be just like that, like yeah. like that. And then. I don't know, as I got older and I started listening over and over and I'm processing things and it was like I I I broke I decoded the album down as I lived as I lived life. Mm-hmm. So as I got older, I would really just play back. Things happen, I would play back like the biggie lyrics. Like they yeah. were just flashing in my head. Like mm-hmm. him going through stuff with his moms was like almost the same as I was going through stuff with my pops. I wasn't mm-hmm. selling drugs, but it was like like I kinda wanted to do my own thing. Like yeah. I've been on my own. I've been doing for myself since I was 14. Like mm-hmm. me and my pops, we had a shaky relationship growing up. We're mm-hmm. better now, but when I was a teenager, it was just like, nah, like I'm doing my own thing. So yeah. like I kind of, I kind of connected with those stories, or like I would see some of my friends go through it. Some of my friends started dealing when they was younger, mm-hmm. so I would see, I would see them go through what Biggie was talking about. So it was just like it, it kind of like brought me to life, and I was yeah. just like, yeah, kind of took me out that shell and made me really see what was going on in life. Mm-hmm. So that's how I always I always reflect on that Biggie album. That's dope. Uh, I, I never asked this question. I mean, I have my own story, but do you remember where you were? As a matter of fact, I won't even say where you were. Do you remember the day after Biggie died? Like I remember, I was in school. So do you remember? Do you remember anything about that day? I remember I was at my aunt's crib, and I'm seeing it on the news, but it didn't really hit me like yeah. It didn't really hit me then. It wasn't like I didn't, I, cause I really didn't know what was going on. I was so young, mm-hmm. but I, I remember, it. I remember that day clear as day, cause it was just, I was at my cousin's crib. It was all over the news. Mm-hmm. But like, I just be thinking about what if he was alive? What if he really lived oh, out that man. legacy? How would music? How would he have impacted music? The collaborations he would have did, just like the what ifs, the what yeah, ifs, man. the what ifs, the what ifs. Someone did a mix. I don't even know. I don't even know how how I like took it in, but someone did a mix, uh, throwing big on some uh, metro beats, and I was like, okay, it sounds alright, but it, it to an extent, like I almost felt like it desecrated him a little bit. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to hear this no more. Like, nah. Yeah. So I, I I I took it for what it was in terms of oh, this would be really dope to in concept, but once I heard, it, I was like. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so let's talk about the Republic. Yes, yes. So um, I'm just going to read what I got here. So to be original and rebel against ordinary, rebel, republic. So explain the concept there. Well, how I came up with the Republic was I always felt like I stood out, like I always was different, like my views on life was different. Like I was saying earlier about people telling me what to do it was like why would i have to do it this way mm-hmm. why because it's textbook mm-hmm. why if why if i found out a way that's easier for me why i can't do it that way yeah yeah so that's kind of what that stood for and it was like i me in high school like i didn't know my place like mm-hmm. i was cool with the cool kids but i was also cool with the kids who were like nerds and stuff that was me I, yeah like i was just i was just cool with everybody yeah. but 
I didn't really know where I fit in at, you know what I'm saying? Because certain things the cool kids would do, I wasn't like with. Like I, I was never with going with what's popular or what yeah. was the wave at the time. Because mm -hmm. it just didn't make sense to me. Like I liked what I liked. Mm -hmm. And people could ask anybody. People may call me the stubbornest person in the world. Chloe, shout out to Cleverly Chloe. She yeah. hates me. She calls me the most stubbornest person in the world. But it's, <laughs> it's just my views on things. So i started the republic because i felt like there was people out there who felt the same way yeah definitely, like for, definitely for those people who didn't really like the the nerds who wanted to be cool with the cool kids or didn't have a place to come be a part of the republic because that's what i represent mm -hmm. i always wasn't a cool kid like i was i was kind of weird at some time you know yeah, just yeah. I'm, I'm just now finding myself and who i want to be and like what i want people to see as me as an artist you know what i'm saying do you think you're um, any less quote unquote weird now or do you think that you've just now you're more, you're more comfortable with who you are yeah I don't feel like I'm any less weird um, I feel like I'm still weird with certain things people might and people will still tell me like Dean you're different like you're weird mm -hmm. but it's like I'm comfortable with it you know what yeah. I'm saying I know how to make what I like cool like mm -hmm. cause now it's like I, I don't care if you don't like what I like like it's cool cause I went through a period yeah. in life where I was stressing so much on trying to impress people and get them to like me and not make mistakes that it was driving me crazy and to the point where it was like, yo, fuck that. Like, dude, you know, I'm deemed. Like, I know all about that. I know all about that. It, it makes it, it's, are you perfectionist? Uh, I, I, with some things, with, with some, some things. things. Okay, see, I'm a perfectionist. So I always try, any, anything I do, I'm looking at it from like 10 different perspectives and how it will be perceived oh yes and then after a while i was just like no nah, i gotta stop this shit because if i'm thinking about how it's gonna be perceived i'm not even really being honest with myself about how i want to be perceived yeah. like, i gotta focus on what i want and then if people like what i like then i can focus on that but i can't focus on trying to appease people like you try to appease people you're n no one's ever gonna be happy ever and like like i said i, I like it was, it was i would say from the point when i was 19 to about 23, 24, I was just going crazy. And then I felt like me trying to please other people made me even seem more weird mm -hmm. around the people mm -hmm. who I was around every day because I wasn't the same person every yeah. day. Like Wearing different, wearing different hats, yeah. wearing different faces. I understand that. I definitely understand that. All right. So, you know, that's you, you left New York, went to college, played ball, got a scholarship. What... At that point, where were where were you mentally? Was it like I'm thinking about doing music, but I'm not necessarily sure, or like I'm all in with basketball? Nah, music music has always been a part of my life. So like I would like I, I felt I always tell people starting in third grade, like I, I always thought I had ADD, or it's either I had ADD or I just didn't care what the teacher was talking yeah. about. But I would be playing with my pencils and be acting like I was in front of a crowd mm -hmm. and just with the pencils and. Just making up little songs, melodies, like yeah. just trying to sing and all of that stuff. But cause it, it just came so natural to me because I was around it. Mm -hmm. But basketball was something that I really worked at. Like I really would bust my ass to mm -hmm. like work hard and just bust my ass just to be accepted. Because like in the point when I was growing up, basketball was the thing to do. You see how mm -hmm. music is the thing to do now? Basketball was the thing to do. If you wasn't nice and ball, you wasn't cool. Yeah. So... I just would like, like I said, when I was going through that phase where I wanted to be cool, I wanted people to accept me. So it was ball. So when I got to college, um, 
I, I just wasn't ready for that experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I really didn't look at the bigger picture. I just was like, oh, I got to be nice and bold. Mm-hmm. I really didn't see what the basketball world was. And, like, when I got to college, that was just off me working hard. Even I was shocked when they came. Um, but when I got there, it was just like I wasn't ready. I never played in front of a crowd like that. Mm-hmm. I never dealt with, like, playing for a serious coach. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never dealt with certain things. So, like, I never got the grasp of it. You know what I'm saying like me trying to talk to the coach wasn't working out yeah. so like I it, it was it really wasn't working out so but how that turned was we would go to trips to games and I would I would already know we even going to get smacked I know I'm not going to play that much mm-hmm. so I didn't care so I'm in the back of the van just writing raps yeah like oh, in my phone okay. like okay. just okay. writing raps I would have 100 instrumentals like I had a Blackberry so on the card I would have like mad instrumentals mm-hmm. And I would just be writing raps, like just going crazy all day. I was listening to Matt. That's when I think Drake was just first coming out. Mm-hmm. J. Cole first came out. Big Sean was doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Good Music Fridays was going. It was just like a lot of great music just being put out. Nicki had just dropped her first album. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like what, like 09? This was like, yeah, 08. I went to college in 07, mm-hmm. but when I really started really like hitting a peak, for really tuning into music was like oh nah. Okay, okay. So like just all of those and just listening to everything, just and consuming it and then just trying to put out my own thing. Mm-hmm. So I started like doing covers. That's how I really started. I would take I remember my first freestyle was Kanye West Grammy Family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And from then on I remember I first recorded it and the engineer was like, yo, what the hell was that? Like he was like, yo, this is crazy. Then I did Kanye West Soul Paul and then I did Drake Light Up and then I yeah. did Jay Z um Thank You. It was just like beats I felt they didn't really do it the the right way. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Okay. Like I felt like they could have went a little I bit a harder. Lot. I said a lot. Yeah, now nah, I've been secretly throwing shots at hope since I was nineteen. <laughs> I'ma tell them too, I've been secretly throwing shots at hope since nineteen, but it, it's not out of disrespect. It's just for like Nah, I could you know we could sit at a table and go ball for ball. Like I really yeah. feel like I could do that, but okay, that's what's up. That's yeah, what's up. That's how it all started. Yeah, that's not. I like that. I like that. I like that. So you left, um, and when you left, when you came back home, what was the like? How did you? How how did that conversation go? It's like I right, well I, I I'm I'm out of school, and I want to be an artist. Like how was that perceiving your family? Um, my father, my father was. Like once I be once I went to college, my father like kind of let me find my own way. Okay, okay. So when I told him I left school, it was like, I right, you you home now, but you're not just gonna be home. Mm-hmm. You gonna work. Mm-hmm. So, you no know, work was something that took over, took the time up for school. But it was like, I right, what takes the place of basketball? Mm-hmm. Basketball took up probably seventy percent of my life. Mm-hmm. So in that seventy, what is going to fill that void? So a couple of my boys, um. It's just like, yo, you should do it for real. Like, let's do it for real. Let's see where it goes. So I was like, all right. That's how we formed. Like, we really brought the Republic to life. You know what I'm saying? Um, My man, LaVon, that works with Jimmy Tense now. Uh, My man, Glad, who introduced me to, like, really the rap shit. My man Sean, who uh, as Dr. King makes the these pink range hats. I was, I've been saying um, the hat like quietly the whole time. Like yeah, man. Fine. Like I don't know he uh, East, Dave East wears those a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, my little brother Mo, Jiggy Smith, those that was our crew. You know what I'm saying? And we was just running around doing it for real. 
and people kind of took to it because this was before like ASAP took off. It was like on the east side. Mm-hmm. They were so shocked to see us doing it. Yeah. And then our first, my very first video, like we dressed up in a suit and tie, so we really was like promoting it. And I don't, I think we caught people by surprise because they didn't think the video was gonna be that good or that we was gonna really go all out. Like we was uh-huh. in suit and ties and had a whole party. It was like it was a dope. It was a dope video. So like once once I seen people receive that, I never I never seen people take to anything I did like that before. Not yeah. even basketball. Even basketball. Oh, wow. okay. So it was like I like let's do this. Mm-hmm. So like I is dope. So once we did that, then shows and then it was like the music really carried it. Like the music really spoke for itself. Us going outside and meeting people, I've seen people just go outside and be at events and be mixy, but. Once we came to people, I always wanted to come to people with something. I didn't want to go talk mm-hmm. to anybody and I have nothing. So when I went to them, I gave them the music and the music really just carried it and they passed it on and they passed it on and like that's how we got here today. That's what's up. That's what's up for real. All right, so let's let's try and go in chronological order here with the projects. So the mixtape What Dreams Are Made Of. <laughs> Were you still what, Demi, right? Yeah, that was were when I was Demi. Were you still Demi at that point? I was, I was Demi at that point. Okay, so let's talk about the mixtape. Like, what were you trying to? Um, what was the message that you were trying to get off of that? Yo, that's that mixtape is so raw. Like, I was cursing so much. I was, it was raw. It, but it was, it was me. Like, mm-hmm. it was me. Like, as a raw rapper, like. Mm-hmm. That was me just trying to show people like, yo, I belong. Like yeah. it was it wasn't like, oh, here's my project. It was like a project I put together, like, nah, I belong. Like so it was a brash. Yeah, so it was like even from the intro, last name King to Day in the Life to Riding Through the City to the interlude when I was talking about my grandmother to play the wind to beat beat, like like I dope and even to till today people still tell me dope was one of their most favorite records because mm-hmm. I sat in my, like I used to produce so I produced two records on there Dope and Rolling Like a Big Shot yeah. and people seen me make Dope and it took me five years to make Dope because wow. I couldn't come up with a hook and then mm-hmm. it was one day we was in the studio and they was like yo why don't we re-record Dope I'm like yo I can't come up with a hook they put the beat on and the hook just came to me like that wow. but like that that mixtape to, to today is still my favorite Just because, it's my first but it was mm-hmm. just like I'm so proud of that because it's like y'all really put out a mixtape. Yeah. I'm, and I wanted it to sound like an album, so I wanted to put like different beats on it, and mm-hmm. I wanted people to really vibe out and get a different feel of how versatile I was. That I wasn't just a one-dimensional rapper. That I could really make songs. So that was the intro for you. Yeah. To, to everyone, to the masses, I guess you said. Okay. All right. So, of that mixtape. Um, what do you think was the perception, the, the outward perception um, to you? People gravitated to you. You booked a lot of shows off of that. Like what 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 happened after you hit send or upload? Well, after we up, I felt like we did so much work to promote the tape. We dropped we dropped like a, we dropped like four videos before we put it out that we really that people were really anticipating it. Okay. And okay. when I say people, I really mean like people who knew us personally. Mm-hmm. So that was that was our first fan base, like the people who yeah. we knew which is, personally. Which is, which is general, yeah, that, that happens a lot. Yeah, so that Except for me, <laughs> that happens a lot. So when we dropped it, it was kind of like still another shock value, like wow, that they really this is really dope, a dope piece of a dope project. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's dope. The songs is dope. People are listening to this shit, 
And then like when we did our first, my very first show was Webster Hall. Yeah, yeah. Which is big. Which is big. Yo, I got it was crazy. Crazy the story how we got that. Um, this kid that was on my basketball team just walked. He was a walk on. He just wanted to be on the team just to be on the team. And like he didn't care if he played. He just wanted to have fun. Yeah. And it goes yeah. back to me saying like I was cool with everybody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I even though they didn't play, I just showed everybody mad love. So yeah. how it came back around, he was managing some group called Zoo Troop, and they were booking. They were about to go on a Vans tour, and he was like, "Yo, we want to book a show at Webster Hall. You want to mm -hmm. open up for us?" I was like, "Yeah, let's go, do it." So when we did that, we we gave out free Republic T-shirts with every ticket we sold, mm. and just the reception of the music, just to see people like just really vibing to the music was like, yo, they really fucking with this. Mm -hmm. like, so like that, I felt like that really showed people my transition from basketball to like, yo, he's really rapping, not just like, oh, here's another basketball player trying to rap. Yeah. Like he really could do this. So okay, all right, so it's a song out. Uh, it's by his dude named Partisan Fontaine. Uh, Partisan Fontaine. Yeah. yeah. It's called Hooper You Rap. And every time, like, as soon as, as soon as you said that, it just it, it immediately, like, um, popped into my head. Because, I mean, that that really is how some people perceive it. It's like there are only two ways. It's going to go a little bit. But it's, people perceive it that there are only really two ways to get out of the hood it's play ball or rap. You know, and I think that now here in 2016, that people, I guess our youth, they're starting to see that there are many other options for us to be successful. But I don't necessarily think that it um, penetrates the hood as much as we would like it to. What do you think are some ways that we could, um, as a community in general, give back to the hood to say, okay, like, yo, you don't have to only do these two things. like. There are so many other opportunities. Y'all have untouched raw talent. Like we can, uh, we can touch that. How do you? How would you address that? I think just by showing them that there's other ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not anybody's fault that that's what we 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 choose. Like it's either basketball or rap, mm -hmm. but that's what we see and glorify so much. We see, we see so many basketball players we see so many rappers and i don't think that it's just that because they play ball or they rap i think it's everything that comes with it mm -hmm. so you see all the all the all the benefits of being a basketball player like lebron james he gets the contract he gets the the glory he's that guy he's the face of the league or you see like drake the like the attention that he gets and i mm -hmm. think that that's a that's a kid's dream like if a, if an accountant got that same love, I think people want to be an accountant. If <laughs> if like a if, what else? If a pilot got that same love, I think people will want to be a pilot as well. Yeah. I think it's just everything that comes with being a basketball player, or a rapper that people want. Yeah, I mean it, it's it is it's glorified, and I mean it's glorified in its own right. Like I look at I look at um, basketball players, and I look at artists in general as like the cream of the crop you know because people see it and they're like oh well you know they did this and now they're big well you gotta like for for every i guess for for every one accomplishment that you see there are like a thousand other failures that they've gone through before they got to where they at today where you could you know where you could be happy for them and try to i, I guess um emulate them or whatever by playing basketball or, or being an artist so 
you know, I, I look at it much different now. I don't just necessarily see it as like, oh, well, it's like glorified. It's like these are like the champions of yeah. our of our community. Because I mean, other, and, and that's not to that's not to uh, minimize some that uh, work that an accountant might do or a teacher might do. Like anyone who makes it into, I guess, quote unquote, nine to five life, you know, they have accomplished something. It just looks, it just does not look as good as the other. I guess the more glorified ones. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I really don't think you could even glorify an accountant's job. Mm. Like, nah, but me, me it. personally, like, mm. like a personal goal of mine. Like, I've been trying to finish school for years. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, like, I have a year left, and like, my dream was not my dream, but I just always, like, I didn't mind like working a corporate job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because as long as I worked a job, and I always told people, I like, I don't rap to be rich. I don't want to be rich. I just want to be well off. That I don't gotta worry about. My bank account every day. I want to travel, have a nice crib, a, a ill like a ill car, and just live and be able to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So like me, if I if I was an accountant, because I wanted to be an accountant at one point, I'm mm-hmm. excellent with numbers. Mm-hmm. I knew they made a lot of money, and then me, I'm I'm very meticulous. So me just sitting there crunching numbers, like me challenging my brain, is something I like to do. So mm-hmm. I would have never found it boring me. Just doing books, lining yeah, books yeah, and numbers yeah. all day. It would have been mm-hmm. ill as long as I'm getting an ill paycheck mm-hmm. and I could just on the weekend I wanna go to Miami, I go to Miami, yo. You know what I'm saying? So me, I don't look at like rap or basketball as one of the things. Those was just things that I love to do. Mm-hmm. Like I was actually influenced into playing basketball. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because that was the thing to do when I was young. Mm-hmm. Music was just something that I love to do on my own that I just grew up around. Mm-hmm. Like, but I always see myself like working a corporate job. Like, it, it's nothing wrong with being a lawyer, or it's nothing yeah. wrong with being a doctor. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The object is to make enough money to say, so you can do what you want to do. Yeah. Because yeah. even if some rappers, they don't like rappers work. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's fun. It's an ill job, but it's still work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of stuff that you got to keep up with. Yeah. So like, I feel like once people get there and they see what it really is, that oh, this is not what I really thought. Mm-hmm. But that's with every job. Mm-hmm. But I think we should really, you know what I'm saying, glorify like lawyers and all that other stuff because they work just as hard, if not harder, to get where they at. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. I, and uh, as much as I don't like my corporate job, um, it took me um, a long time to get where I am now. Um, I. Don't I don't generally appreciate that process as much as I appreciate the process of you know being a journalist. Yeah. I don't see them as equal because they're like two complete different grinds. But you know I guess you're right. I definitely should you know enjoy that process as well because it is it was a long trying process. Let's just say nah, that. That's real. <laughs> Same thing with the rap grind. It's, it's long and it's trying and it's like. But I say respect it because I respect them because eight years of school is a lot. Yes, it is. Like four yes, years, of, four years of college, and then you got to do another four years. Like I, res- I respect it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I feel like you earned that. Mm-hmm. You should be glorified. Yeah. As opposed to somebody who just was getting naturally gifted and just somebody just took them out and gave them a contract. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I see, but I, I think I think that's like minimizing that because. You could be naturally gifted, but there's still a lot of work behind. Like you just said, seventy percent of your seventy percent of your life was basketball. But I wasn't naturally gifted. Like, <laughs> basketball was something. I I could call people right now and say, yo, I used to Dean used to be garbage. Like I used to be garbage, and like my but you best. You work hard. I, yeah, I bust my ass. Like and it's not like you're right. I see what you're saying. It's mm-hmm. not it's not taking nothing away from them. Yeah, yeah. But still, yeah. eight years 
another four years after college is like, mm-hmm. yo, you chose to do an extra four? Yeah. Shit, yeah. nigga, I commend you. Because let me tell you, my senior year of college, I was like, yo, when I'm done with this shit, I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am out. I'm never walking back in a school, in a classroom ever again. I felt like y'all was so, I was ready. I was ready. Yeah. I bust my ass. Shout out to Johnson West University. Bust my ass. I had to do five. Um, it was like a trimester school. So I had to do uh, four classes my first trimester and five and five after that. Um, and then summer school to graduate on time. But I was just like, I just got to get the fuck up out of here. Cause, damn, I'm not doing this shit no more. But yeah. anyway, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got to talk about the, we got to talk about the, what you call it? An album, Lita? Oh, nah, Lita was a mixtape. They call it an album. I called it a mixtape. Okay, well, we got to talk about Lita and more, including the upcoming The King LP. It's the Encore Radio Show. Be right back. Coming up on a future episode of the Encore Radio Show. Yo, what's up? My name is Justin Rose. You're now tuned in to the Encore Radio Show. And I did shit with Mickey Fags. Yeah. And I yeah. think the Mickey Fags shit kind of like, it helped a lot of the shit. And then uh, I think Mickey was the first nigga that I could think about outside of my artists. Mm-hmm. Mickey was the first nigga that let me... Yo, Mickey let me do mad things, I can't lie. Not yeah. let me, but you know what I'm saying? Like, as a producer, mm-hmm. like, he was the first person that let me do, like, be on the hook of, my, yeah. of a song that uh-huh, I produced. Uh-huh. And he was letting me do a bunch of alternative shit, which yeah. was kind of cool. Because I'm a big NERD fan. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I was doing mad hip-hop shit, but, like, I, I would have, like, all this alternative, like, type of rock shit. And he was the first nigga that let me do it. And yeah. be, You know what I'm saying? Like... So shout out to Mickey for doing that, man. Um, All right, folks, we're back. It's the Encore Radio Show here with Kadeem King. Uh, make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. Yeah, shout out to social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that stuff. Yo, man, follow me at Kadeem King underscore K-A-D-E-E-M King underscore Twitter, Instagram, Kadeem King on Facebook. Um, it's not a like page It's my regular page I feel like I want to bring people Into my regular life Nice Nice, um, nice. That's why I, That's the only reason Why my Facebook Is still my regular Facebook mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that still shows My regular life um, Soundcloud.com Slash Kadeem King KadeemKing.com Yeah man That's pretty much it Right now you know, I was afraid I was afraid For a minute I never I have I have a Facebook Light page um, For the show I have a Facebook, a Facebook Light page For myself but I was afraid for a minute to show like my life to the people that to just everyone, you know. For a minute, like my Facebook literally was like people I went to school with and my family, and that's it. That is it. I recently opened the floodgates to just everybody, and I mean, it, I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna front though. Like it's low key cool though because the people who I consider my peers are all doing dope shit. Yeah. So. I go down my timeline now and I see like I'm inspired by things that they're doing and I'm getting more likes now and shit because we all do the same thing. So mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, well that makes sense. Cause before it's like I don't like I felt like my peers weren't well, I guess my peers at, the, at that time I thought were like my my friends and stuff. But I felt like they didn't care about what I was doing. But now that I have actual peers on my timeline on Facebook. So like, okay, well y'all are like y'all are messing with me or whatever. It's just that those people who are my friends, who are my, my like my older friends, older family, they just don't have a particular liking to what yeah. I do now. So you know, pluses and minuses, pluses and minuses. I still, I'm, I'm like very like cautious about what I share now, though. I'm not gonna front because it's like legitimate life shit. 
That's crazy. I used to be scared to tell people I rap. Really? Yeah. Like, I would not tell nobody I rap. Like, because I felt like I wasn't there yet. And I just didn't want to seem like, oh, he just he raps. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, it was yeah. it was really, like, it took me a long time for me to start telling people I rap. Like, even at my job, I would, I would try to hide it. And... I don't know Instagram Explorer page is a motherfucker. <laughs> that uh, shit was just spilling all the beans. Yep, like, yep, yep. I would not yep. give nobody my Instagram or my job except people I was cool with. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. people would come up to me like, "Yo," especially when I put that video on World Star. They was like, "Yo, see you on World Star." Like, yo, no. <laughs> so nah, it's cool. Bro. That shit's crazy. <laughs> you know, um, tell, tell me, tell me about, tell me about the video you put on World Star and the reception that you got. Particularly from people from your job. Um, rest in peace, my man AD. Um, well, I used to work in Mount Sinai Hospital. I was uh, um, I used to do maintenance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that I was doing that for three years, and that was hell. That was like hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but through that, through that working that job, I built so many. I met so many people, and the people who I did let in wound up having it. Wound up knowing people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I got plugged in with my man AD, and um. AD was like a heavily influence, like just within the industry. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people respect him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So once I met him, I played in the music. He was just excited, ready to go, and he was just ready to do whatever. That's a so he flew me to Miami to work with Cool and Dre mm-hmm. for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And when I say my first time in Miami, I didn't go to the beach. I didn't go to the beach at all. My first time in Miami, I was in the studio three days straight. Work. Just working, like rapping, writing rhymes over, because it was like, nah, nah. Um, I built a relationship with Dre. I learned a lot. Um, we came up with this record called uh, Better Days, mm-hmm. and I didn't like the beat at all. Mm-hmm. And I, ha- it's it's like a current thing now. Like whatever song I don't like, winds up being a popular song. <laughs> like, make her say. Not that I didn't like it. It just wasn't one of my favorites. Really. Um, Lita, Phil Walker had forced me to put that out. Really? These was records that I was just like, ah. <laughs> so, Better Days was AD's favorite record. He was like, you gotta do this. So that was the last record I did before I left. Mm-hmm. And they was like, let's shoot a video. Yeah. We shot the video, and we was they was really trying to make moves to like get me going. So mm-hmm. they was like, yo, World Star, put it on World Star, and just the reception just just reading the comments like everybody always got something to say on world star of course but the things they were saying about me wasn't like bashing the tone they was mm-hmm. like oh jeans is too tight oh <laughs> oh there's the little auto tune like it's a it's a note in the auto tune that's off yeah. but they was like oh they were talking about like stupid shit, stupid shit yeah. but nobody not once said anything about the song mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so my boys was like yo that's dope like mm-hmm. they kill everybody like even niggas that signed so i was yeah. like yo that's dope so when people at my job seen it they was just like yo Y'all saw you in World Star, yo. Like, y'all, that video was ill. And I guess, like, from then on, it was like, they started looking at me different. They didn't mm-hmm. look at me like, oh, is this is just a regular maintenance nigga. This yeah. nigga really trying to do something. Like, mm-hmm. and niggas, even now, they was like, even later on, he was like, yo, you don't belong here, yo. We, like, we see what you're trying to do. Like, because yeah. I was quiet. I don't really talk to me. I didn't want to get too caught up in it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here for this check to support my dream, and I'm out. Like, I'm like let's that do it. Too, yep. So that was that was how that whole World Star thing worked out. But it was a dope move. I mean, it was it was really an ill move, man. I think World Star is like for independent artists, it costs a lot 
But like if you find some way to get the means and you can be consistent if you are consistent on world star, the people will really fuck with you. Mm-hmm. If you're consistent with good music, they will, you will really be like you will blow up socially, I feel like. I I, I you know what? Although I have like I've I, I've not been on World Star Hip Hop in I wanna say like two years now, right? At the same time, the impact that World Star Hip Hop has is unquestioned. Like, yeah, they got their dumb shit a lot of the times, but from a from a from an artistic standpoint, they do put on a lot of like a lot a lot of people who are on World Star go viral eventually, you know? And it, that's why I'm saying like I know today is not as relevant, mm-hmm. but there's still places who go to World Star. Like, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. still people who go to World Star. Like that's a that's a global platform for mm-hmm. your music. That's why I Facts. say World Star is good because okay, the blogs, yeah, but not everybody knows about the blogs. Mm-hmm. Not everybody mm-hmm. knows about hot new hip hop, hip hop since 19. And not everybody knows about those blogs. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. knows about World Star hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Whether it be for like. Stu- like you said Stupid videos Fuck shit Whatever And then Even though like I know I'd pass by certain Independent artist videos If mm-hmm. you look There's still like 25,000 people yeah. Who look at Who click yep. on that video Yep So yep. I think that's a great way For exposure That's just one great way It's expensive But if you can't afford it That's a great way mm-hmm. Okay Alright so Let's talk about The mixtape leader Talk to me about What you were trying to Like at this point now, this is now your this is now your sophomore project. What you were trying to put out. Matter of fact, actually, before we before we even go there, why is it your mix? Why is it your mixtape? Why is it not a project? Because Lita wasn't supposed to be like the main tape. Okay. Like the year Lita dropped December twenty something two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. So was it the twenty eighth? I think it was the twenty eighth. We two thousand fourteen was like. That was the year where I broke away from the Republic. Okay, okay. And I felt like we weren't seeing eye to eye, and mm-hmm. I felt like it was just, it was hurting me as an artist, and it was like my dream, so I had to take control over my dream. Okay. So that was the year where it was like, I, I got to get on my ground. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that's where I met, that's the year I met Pizzy, the year I met Tips, the year I met... I, well, I grew up with Phil Walker, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Benny Blanco, and he's a big reason why I'm at where I'm at too. And he's a big reason why Lita is Lita. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's a big year, like, and I grinded. Shout out to Obnoxious New York. I can't even forget Alex and Eli. Alex and Eli, Obnoxious New York, was like the only showcases consistently being held in the city. Yeah, yeah. They placed me, Trey Pizzy, J Tips, Benny Blanco. So many other artists that's here just on the same bill. Almighty Souls, everybody just mm-hmm. on the same bill consistently, consistently, mm-hmm. all year. And I think we burnt Lit Lounge down. We did Lit Lounge <laughs> probably 10 times that year to the point where we was like, Lex Laveau too. Yep, Shout out my yep. man Lex Laveau. We burnt that shit down, and then, but it did a lot because that was the only consistent showcase where so everybody was coming to Lit Lounge yep, to see yep. new talent. And that just so happened to be us. So that's how we all built. And, like, it led on to Lit Fest. And, like, once I think my daughter was born, that's when things started really picking up for me. Mm-hmm. My goal mm-hmm. for that year was, like, yo, I got to do a show at least once a month. Yeah, yeah. My daughter was born. 
that's the only month I didn't do a show. After that, September, I started doing two shows a month. One month, I had three shows. And then it just came to a point where I was like, I, I got to give them something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was working on a project called Reaching for the Stars. Okay. And I was at a point where, like, I'm not done with Reaching for the Stars, but I got to give the people something. We did mm-hmm. so much this year. It's like, people, I dropped a song called Rain Supreme. That was the first song I ever dropped that outside people knew the lyrics. Because mm-hmm. it was it's a, like a pause in the song where... I'd be like, nah, nah, nah. and then like where it's like a crowd response, and yeah. they would say it. The first time I performed it, I wasn't even expecting them to say it. And he was like, "Chill, we don't need no more." And I was like, "Oh shit!" Hey. So it was like, "All right, let's do it." So Lita is like a compilation of old records that I had from 2012, mm-hmm. and just new records. All the features are new records. Mm-hmm. Everything else is old. Everything okay. else is okay. from 2012. And shout out my man Stir City who I met through Benny Blanco. Mm. And that, even with them, with, with the whole Reek movement, um, J. Diablo, Stir City, they got their own following in Japan. Mm, like, shit, yeah, okay. Heavy following in Japan. So that's how my music reached Japan. Because mm-hmm. Japan really banged with hip-hop. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't know that till like last year. They banged with hip-hop so much. And it's even crazier because it's not even that. They just bang with hip hop. They bang with New York hip hop. Mm. Heavy. Like, they're really invested in the culture. Yeah. So, the fact that all the people that's rapping all over the country, they playing my shit in the club. Mm-hmm. They playing Lex Laveau, Benny Blanco, like, Trey Pizzi. Like, I'm like, oh shit. I ran, um, Dave East just came back. Just from, came, yep. Just came back from yep. Japan. And I ran into Wayno, his manager on 125th Street. And Wayno was like, yo. Um, I think they was playing your song out there in Japan. And I was like, word? He was like, yeah. He was like, they was playing you and a couple others. But he was like, yeah, they was playing y'all shit out there. And it's crazy because, like, they follow, like, the couple of the DJs follow us mm-hmm. on Instagram. So mm-hmm. they be reaching out to us, liking our pictures. My so kid, a rapper from my hood, UFO Feed. They did a best of feed mixtape mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. They like they did their own joint. He don't even got one. And they did their own shit. That's crazy. They wear his merch. They wear Lex Laveau merch. They wear Trey Pizzy merch. I went on one of their sites, uh, like a store, like a boutique. They got I seen Broken Trippy merch in their store, like wow. on the website. I was like, yo, this shit is crazy. Like, like, but back to Lita. Like, I just wanted to give the people something. Like a project where they could get a real sense of who I was, being that they seen me so much that year. Mm-hmm. And when I dropped it, um, I know I was trying to get it out to everybody. I really like shut down Instagram. <laughs> like, I was so surprised at the love I was getting. Like, every, my whole feed was just the leader cover. The mm-hmm. whole feed, the mm-hmm. Explorer page was just the leader cover. Like, yeah. So what happened was it reached Julius, Funny Julius. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Funny Julius. Shout out, that's my guy. And I always tell him, like, he's the reason why I'm at, why I'm, I made it to the next step. Because mm-hmm. every year, it's like, it's like cuts. Yeah. A lot of people don't make it into the next year. Very much so. So that's Julius really spread the word around about the project. And a lot of people came up to me and, like, linked with me and was like, yo, Julius put me onto your mixtape. Yo, it was mm-hmm. fucking dope. So that's how that shit came. And it wasn't even supposed to hit how it hit. To the point where I'm like, all right, fuck it. We just going to rock with Lita. Okay. Okay. Now, you know what? I like that because the most unexpected, I don't know, like, for me, if I try to plan something too well, 
it never works out the way I want it to. Yeah. You know? But the things that I kind of like just do and without putting too much, like, too, too much thought into it, that's those are the things that actually really, like, go places. And I'm like, how? You know? How is it that when I over, I guess, over prep for something, yeah. you know, it isn't, like, it's not well received, but the things that I may see as, like, you know, almost like a throwaway in a sense, whatever, or like something that that is less thought out than than my other than my other ideas. It's just like it those rent those ring out, you know. So, but off the project, I just pulled it up real quick just so I could make sure I have the the word right, well the the name right. Um, the new classic. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm a I'm a I don't want to call myself a big Trey Pizzy fan, but I do listen to a lot of his music. I'm a, um, I'm, a, I'm, a <laughs> I'm definitely a fan. I just don't know if I'm a big fan, yeah. you know. But um, I, I that's the first song that stuck out to me. Um, but I was like, nah, let me play, let me play everything in order, and then um, get to that song. When I got there, I was like, damn, yo, like it definitely was like worth the wait. And then the vi- I saw the video the other um, the other day, also equally dope as well. So talk to me, talk to me about that, like. When you get a record like when you have a record like that, right? Would you say that's like that was the most well received um, song off the project? It was new classic, the most well received song. I think the new classic was the most popular song. Okay, okay. I think Pizzy did play a big part in that. I mm-hmm. think the beat from I think the beat played also played a the big part. The beat played a huge part in that for me. Huge. Yeah. Um, when I got the beat, I really didn't know what to do with it, so it was just like. I gotta work. I got. I tend to do a lot at once, so I'll tend to try. To, I like. I, I usually write three songs at one time. Okay. So with that beat, it was like I. I really gotta sit and lock in, and then the hook just came to my head out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And the way I said the hook on how it is now wasn't how I said it before. Like I tried to sing the hook. Yeah. But it wasn't strong like how we did it now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So Pizzy came. I sent Pizzy the record, and it was like. I just heard him on it, and I was like, yo, I think this is a dope record. I want you to do this. He was mm-hmm. like, all right, what's the name of it? And out of nowhere, like, the new classic came to my head. And he was like, isn't that the name of Iggy Azalea? I, yeah. I was like, yeah, but I was like, I don't care. Because, yeah, with me, I with music, with my art, I do what the fuck I want to do. I mm-hmm. worry about everything else later. Yeah. But the meaning of the new classic was like, this is going to be the new classic shit. Like, mm-hmm. this song is going to be a classic song. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we got our, our, our records that we grew up on, but this is going to be a record that is going to, niggas is going to grow up Yeah, on. timeless. So that's that's what I went into it. So we got in the studio. We recorded it. I didn't think it was going to be the, the biggest record. I thought the biggest record on, on Lita was going to be so amazing. Mm-hmm. But just because it was mm-hmm. like a club record. So I'm yeah. like, I. So amazing is gonna be the record, and we dropped it, and everybody was like, Yo, "New classic, new classic, it's yeah. crazy, like, yep. new classic, new classic, new classic." So, I mean, like I said, everything I do, like you, like yo, it's shit just happens. I don't even <laughs> plan shit no more. Like, it never, it never goes, but it's for the better. Like, yeah. I just do it. Like, fuck it, I can't even call it. I, it's so shit be so random. I can't even call it. <laughs> All right, so from that from that project. Um, what do you you say? Do you say you think that 
Julius took it to the next level, like helped take it to the next level, helped you in a sense move to the next level. You know, what 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 would you say was the most um, influential door that opened up for you coming off of this project? I think being introduced to the circle that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, people listening, it, 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 it's hard to explain like the circle, but it's like if you come out to an event like Heartloom or anything at H-Loft that Nate throws or something that Wordsmith throws or... It, you'll see the same people, you know what I'm saying? Word of yeah. mouth radio, yeah. like it's like a it's like a family, Fem- you know what I'm yes, saying? It's like it a little family. Yes, so being an artist that really doesn't have a lot of a, a major support system behind him, like I'm not an artist where I I got 20 people from my block coming out singing my lyrics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This circle is really like my my core supporters. Yeah. So yeah. I think the biggest door that opened was introducing me to this circle, and it's crazy because the people in this circle are doing things that are so influential with the things that they're trying to do that it helps out all the other artists that are involved. So everything is like a 360 effect. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm a rapper, I got my own fan base, and they love New Classic, but they got Word of Mouth Radio. And Mm -hmm. they play my song on Word of Mouth Radio, and right now that's the only time you can hear New Classic aside from listening to the mixtape. So that draws my fans to listen to New to Word of Mouth Radio. Mm -hmm. Or the other way around, Word of mouth radio has their own following and they mm-hmm. play my record, so that introduces people to who I am. Absolutely. You know and Nate throws shows at eight law H Law. So he puts me on a bill and that introduces me to his crowd. Mm-hmm. But my following wants to see me perform. So they come to H Law to see me perform and they see Nate perform and they see quality yep. and they see Wordsmith yep. and Pizzy and everybody. It's just like a big, big domino effect. So that's the biggest door that is open for me and like they I, I love each and every one of them so much because they really pushed me to where i'm at now just my ambition to really want to be the top the top artist mm-hmm. and i felt like i belong up there with them my ambition just to put out those songs and really just focus on the work it really helped me like get my name up there them supporting me tweeting my songs Pushing my music, like make us say they responsible for make us say. Mm-hmm. Uh I won't go that far. That's actually not, ne- not the you segue responsible for make yeah. us say, but as big as it, they responsible for why it got as big as it got. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll say this. So next, make us say was next on my list anyway. So let's let's go ahead and roll into that, right? So when I heard make us say, right, the first thing I said was if this video comes out and this even half of what the song is it's going to be fire right so um when the i think you were you were teasing the video on instagram for like oh man like a mo- at least at least a month maybe like a month and a half or so and i was like oh shit like yo, when this drop is about to be crazy i think i even i think when i wrote the article i think i even put all that in there like yo, i was wait i've been seeing this tease on here for a minute or whatever and i've been waiting i've been waiting i've been waiting you know the feeling from that video that was very like 2001 like 106 in park like you come home from school and on the top 10 like that video is right there the feeling was perfect so let's talk about that you know i know you said that it, that it wasn't like you didn't you didn't think it would be what it was yeah. you know Shout out to my brother Quality, man. Definitely. Like, that's my real like it's certain artists I built with, but the two that I really built with has been Pizzy and Quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um 
everybody I'm family with everybody but those are the two like I really sit down and have like conversations with yeah yeah um yo the record came about um I did a show in Brooklyn shout out to Siege Live mm-hmm. um Individual Empire mm-hmm. uh, quality was on the bill and what made me pay attention to quality was I seen him at H Love uh, show Nate through but his performance really didn't catch me there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we had eight, we had in Brooklyn, and he did his song. It was amazing Ash song. I'll be great, but mm-hmm. it was quality verse. Who when I turned around, I seen it was him. I'm like, what's this? I heard the sample, and I'm like, oh shit, this is this is this is ill. This is yeah. I'll be good. Okay, mm-hmm. it's holding Foxy. I turn and I see quality rapping. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, this record is fire. Yeah. So after the show, I reached out to him. I'm like, yo, da 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 da. Yo, I think you dope. This down the third. I'm like, yo, I need a beat. Mm-hmm. And quality's real particular about everything. So he was yeah. like, yo, I don't send my beat out to just anybody. You gotta pull up. <laughs> so I'm like, I right, bet. So quality reached out to me. He was doing. He was trying to start an underground um, video countdown mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. Liddy in the City. And he mm-hmm. was like, yo, I want to interview you. I think I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, he had a cu- he had a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I pulled up to Brooklyn, and before we even shot the interview, me and quality was talking for about like two and a half hours, just yeah, about wow. every like life, just building and to know each other better. So we did the interview. The interview we did that. We shot that in about like forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yo. Um, I'm here. What's up? I need a beat. Yeah. He's playing me some beats and they wasn't catching me. So I'm like, yo, I got this idea. Um, I, I wanted to freestyle over the, the Missy Socket to me beat. Mm-hmm. Cause when I do freestyles, I, I like to pick beats that people wouldn't normally pick. So I'm yeah. not catch it in. So he like, pull it up, pulled it up. Nigga chopped the sample up. Quality made that beat in probably 20 minutes. Jesus you can't make it seem so easy, Quan. Damn. Nah, that when you tell yo, I, I tell him every day, yo, you are our generations, Pharrell, Timberland. Yeah. Like you have your own unique sound. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, he does. So yes, he does. and it's not you don't get that nowadays. Everybody's Fruity Loops and make it make a future sounding beat. Everybody caters the beat to the artist. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Quality is like that's like when you when you hear somebody made a when somebody got when Hov got a track from Pharrell, you already know what you expect. Mm-hmm, somebody mm-hmm. got a Timberland track, you already know. Somebody got a Swiss Beast track, you know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. That's with Qua. Yeah. So Qua told we was trying to come up with a hook, and I was like, yo, I wanna since the song is not relevant, I wanna give a hook that it still gives a feel of the original song. Mm-hmm. It's not too far off, but it's not too much of the same. So we came up with that. And I had the lyrics. I was for another record I had on called "Make It Last," mm-hmm. but they just vibed so crazy with that. So I put those lyrics on "Make It Say," and we had the record. So I was still working on King. King was supposed to drop in like December 2015. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I'm like, "Yo, I'm not quite finished. I need to put something out. I haven't put a video out in mad long. I don't like being stagnant." Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yo, I'm gonna put the record out." But I called Q, Q Shepard, and I'm like, yo, can you premiere this record on the radio show? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's like, I bet. Premiered the record on the radio show, and I dropped it the next Thursday. That was the weekend at the Harlem Art Festival. Mm-hmm. This was like April last year. Nah, this was not, not April. No, I think this was around like October. September, October. Oh, yeah, Harlem was not. Wow, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think I'm, it was like October. The Harlem Art Festival. Shout out to Cat. I like all type. Mm-hmm. Everybody that put that together. Um, 
and I actually I went to Janae Brown and Kim Chanel's mm-hmm. trapping and dabbing. Mm-hmm. I was gonna try to do mm-hmm. both. But the time I got out there, it was too late to get to Heartland. Yeah. And I'm in the party drinking, eating, because they had free Popeyes, so I really wasn't going nowhere. I really wasn't going nowhere. So I'm eating the Popeyes, and I get a text message, and somebody sent me a video of them playing the record, and mm-hmm. people was going crazy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. And that whole weekend, like the next two days, I just was like, all right, I'm going to Harlem. Yeah. They was playing that record all weekend. Mm-hmm. So the response that made us say had, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to just ride this wave. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. that shit was like a good three months. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, all right, so I, I could take my time. <laughs> I could really take my time with this project. And I'm like, once we do the video, that's going to hold it off for even longer. Mm-hmm. So we came up, me and Quality came up with the concept for the video on... We just wanted something like we, me and Quality are both heavily '90s influenced, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we wanted to give that feel. We wanted yeah. to do it exactly like the Missy video, but we couldn't quite do it exactly like the Missy yeah, video. Yeah. So we was like, all right, what's another '90s influence? Been around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the remix. Mm-hmm. And he was just in a white background, just flowing, and then I was just like, that video is like that. The Craig Mack Flavin your ear videos yeah. like it's just so many videos that give that feel so I'm like let's do it vibrant colors dope girls like let's make it fun you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying let's really do it and we did it and uh, it was just the rest is history you know? so what what is it like you know um, I don't think like, I'm shit I'm still waiting for that quality interview you know I don't think quality done an interview in a minute so you know, understanding the mindset of him necessarily can't be placed yet. Um, but from your perspective, what is it like, like working with a talent like quality, like a producer, a producer, an, an, an artist, a videographer, like someone who's just an, an overall creative person? You know, working with quality is, is like, you're not going to find somebody that takes that much pride in their craft like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like nowadays. Kwa is so, like, so, so into his craft, and he's so specific about everything. Like, if he gives you a beat, he's giving you the hook. He's not going to let you come up with the hook. Mm-hmm. He's, you, have, you have to take his hook. Yeah. But it's not like, damn, I can take Kwa's hook. It's like, yo, that hook is fire. Yep. Like, yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, the hook is fire. So it was like, just him and seeing somebody take that much love and pride into their craft, and not only their craft, just their overall being like I don't know if people was at the Hot 97 Who's Next show and seeing like the detail he put in his performance and that's the reason why people were talking about that it wasn't just cause he's quality and he got make a say check the method and he got a progression two out hits hits yeah like we could go on and on about any song quality has but it was what he did in the performance quality like it, it was it was a real show you know mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't just come out on stage yo brooklyn in here queens in here harlem bronx yeah, yeah, yeah. he made a, a grand entrance and nigga changed his clothes on stage nigga everything was everything was perfect to the cues of the songs like it, like i appreciate quality because being around quality makes me want to put that much effort it makes me a better mm-hmm. artist so like man shout out to quality official man i always tell him every day like his time is coming and i don't think people really re- recognize like I don't think so neither. Quaz influence when he gets that 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 platform is going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. All right. So before we get into the King LP, let's talk about 
happy birthday, Deem. So happy birthday, by well, happy belated, thank you, thank by you, the way. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so these are seven tracks that didn't didn't necessarily make it to the LP. Um, wh- why put them out? Like I I like them, right? And I think people are gonna be happy with having some material from you. But why put these out when the project is right around the corner? Like I said, man, I, I still don't have a date for King. So I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know Lita was going to take off how it took off. Mm-hmm. So now we got to shoot the video for Lita. <laughs> that's going to be another wait. Yeah. Um, I just, I just no rush for me, man. I just like to take time. I want the people to consume my music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want them to really appreciate what they appreciate. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If they like that record, I enjoy this record. I'm mm-hmm. not going to throw nothing else at you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I threw Happy Birthday Deem out because... It was my birthday. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I wanted to I wanted to do something for my birthday. So mm-hmm. I'm an, I'm somebody like I got hundreds of records yeah. and they just sitting there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with them. I'm not just gonna randomly throw them out. Mm-hmm. So what happy birthday Dean was, those were some of my favorite records that just the direction the tape is going naturally. I'm not gonna put them on there. Mm-hmm. Mood okay. mood I might. I don't know. I'm okay. still in the air about mood. But <laughs> I just felt like I had like for King for example for King I had like I have eight intros. Uh, wow. Okay. Wow. I, I have eight intros. It just I haven't found that right one yet because mm-hmm. I still get new production. Um, I'm networking with new producers, so I'll get a beat and it'll just change the direction. Um, shout out to High Volume Music for that for that intro that's on King. Um, and I'll put King out just as, as it is. It's unmixed. Errors and everything. Mm-hmm. It take if people notice, it takes 18 seconds for the mixtape to start. Yeah, because I didn't notice that. Recording with Prezi, I think we did something that it just never started on time. But I didn't want to go back. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't care. They receive it. They receive it. But those were records I felt like were dope. That people would feel they were dope. And I was. I would not. If I didn't drop them that day, I was never gonna release them. Yeah. No. Nah, I definitely. I hit play and I was like. I'm like I see. I'm like I could see on SoundCloud the um <laughs> the uh, the ticker moving. I'm like, but I don't I don't hear I don't hear nothing. I hit reload. I was like, all right, let me just fast forward a little bit. Yeah, my fault. Yeah, my fault. I just want it to be natural, <laughs> man. I just want it to be natural. <laughs> no, but to hear this explanation, this out this out this actually works. So I, so I, I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. So it's only, but unfortunately, people who are gonna hear this down the line, it's gonna be gone. In seven days. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Happy Birthday Deem down. Only because you know I don't want to overflood people with music. You okay. know what I'm saying? It was more for the people who's following me now. It's not mm-hmm. to be left there for people to discover yeah, later yeah. on. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? These are like these are gems that I want y'all to have. Like mm-hmm. here, this is for y'all. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate this music. Whatever y'all want to do with it, y'all vibe to it. I'm pretty sure y'all gonna have some favorites. Whatever y'all want to do, you know, take it. I'm gonna take it down soon, just cause I feel like I don't want to oversaturate people with music. Cause leaders out right now, the record yeah. with Phil, and yeah. that's that's doing its numbers. Mm-hmm. So, and then when King dropped, so my I don't want my SoundCloud page to look crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And who knows? Those records may come back out later on, mixed and mastered, and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. y'all got the original versions. Yeah. I, I downloaded version. mine, so I, I got it. I got <laughs> I it. I appreciate that. It. I appreciate that. Um, definitely got it. 
Yeah, but that's just why I'm taking it down. I mean, I wanted that to be exclusively for the people who's rocking with me now. You okay. know what I'm saying? And I just want them to have that. That was my birthday gift to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. All right. So, um, let's talk about the King LP now. So, we don't have a date. Nah. We don't have an expected date. We have um, a project that we know will eventually come out. Right? With this being an LP, what were you trying to really? What do you want the people? How do you want people to perceive it? Well, King, King started off as an EP, but just the more records I started making, and that that cut that cut process was so crazy that it was mm-hmm. like, I, right, this is gonna be more than eight tracks. Okay, I already know that. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be more than eight tracks, and to call it a mixtape. I know it's gonna be more than 10, 12 tracks. Yeah. Okay. So if I say LP, it gives you an expectancy of it being the length of an album. Mm-hmm. No more than I promise y'all it's not gonna be no more than fourteen. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank I you. I promise y'all thank it's you. not gonna be no more than fourteen. <laughs> at this point now, I'm 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 at I'm I have like a thirteen song limit. Once I hear like thirteen straight songs, I'm like I start I start to lose it. Nah, but the the way the way we formatted we like that's why I formatted King how I did. Mm-hmm. I made it like a storyline. Mm, okay, so that like works. it's it's not just gonna be fourteen random songs. It's gonna be like it's a theme to the tape mm-hmm. and it's skits and interludes that it's all gonna tie into each other. Okay. So that it's gonna keep you along, like you're gonna be listening. It's like it's like as if you was watching a movie or listening to an audio story. So it should be like so that's how I, that's how I personally feel. I think it should be like that. I like when albums make sense. Yeah, that's why that's how I feel I could keep I could keep your attention for that long. You know what I'm saying? I want you to understand the story. You're gonna hear the story before the song. Mm-hmm. Before you actually hear the song. Okay. So that's why I'm doing it like that. Um King is I want that to be my album. You know what I'm saying? I want that to I want to give you an album feel. Um I feel like the connections I've made, the the reach that my music has reached has really like I've gained some attention from some people in positions. Good. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And and I've gained some attention from people that's just listeners in general. Some people didn't catch on to make a say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So not everybody knows Lita. You know what I'm saying? Some people didn't catch on until Lita. You know what I'm saying? Some people won't catch on until King drops. True. So True. I want that to be something where you, it just wows the fuck out of you. Like, wow. Because I listen to mixtapes now and I don't think people really take the pride in their projects that they should take a pride into. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It doesn't... It should be It should be a complete, cohesive project. It shouldn't right. just be random songs thrown out there. Straight facts. So I feel like that's the effort I'm putting in there. And the music that you hear on King is really going to showcase my talent. Because I'm more than just a rapper. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a, I'm a visionary. I'm an artist. I'm a writer. I'm going to incorporate everything I listen to. I don't just listen to rap. I have an open ear. Ask anybody that's close to me. They tell you I listen to house music. And Robin S. Show me, Robin S. Show Me Love is my favorite song in life. So... Mm-hmm. I listen to house music heavy, so uh, what is it? The, the new trap music. Like I listen to everything. I'm incorporating that into King. I want King to be a project that everybody can receive. I want that to be street niggas could receive it, backpackers could receive it. Um, I want it to anybody, whoever you are. I want that to be a project that you can really vibe to, and then it introduces you 
to a wave of music that you don't really necessarily rock with to show that I, right, yo, Dean did this. And then I'm also taking beats and doing different shit. So I'll take a, uh, say like, for example, I'll take a, um, what's this nigga name? Uh, Metro Boomin' beat. Mm-hmm. And I'll do something completely different over a Metro Boomin' beat. And mm-hmm. it'd be like, like, oh shit, just to show you where I'm at artistically with music. Yeah, 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 like yeah. my aim is to get a Grammy. My goal in, for music, I want, yes. I want to win Grammys. Like I want to be like, I want to be noticed and recognized as a like dope ass artist. I want to leave a staple in the game. So like the Drake so far going, I want that to. I want leader. I mean, I want King to be like that. Like I wanted to at least be up there to be nominated for a fucking Grammy. I wanted to be like when label execs hear that or bloggers hear that, that you gotta be like, nah, what the hell is this? Who is this? You know what I'm saying make us say might not even make King. Oh shit! Wow. Okay. Yeah, like I, I'm saying, like it's it's crazy like that. I'm not saying it's not, but that's how crazy the records are. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Me and Qua definitely gonna have something on there, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. might not be make us say. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying it's just, that's just how crazy the records are. So that's, that's just, interesting. That's interesting. All right. So final word here. Got a couple things we gotta talk about. Um, Start with gentrification. So um, we talked off mic a little bit about Crown Heights, and um, we talked on mic about East Harlem. And I guess to talk about gentrification from my perspective is that there's a plus and a minus, right? The plus is that your neighborhood gets a little more safer, you know, like it with the influx of. Um, white people let's keep it as, as simple as possible yeah. with the influx of white people the culture changes the police gotta protect them more so the neighborhood itself gets um a bit I, I guess to a certain extent it dulls it down the negative side is that a lot of the culture a lot of the culture a lot of the people who made the neighborhood what it was get rooted out as well due to that I guess really the bare basics is um, increasing rent. So, what are your thoughts on gentrification and um, its impact in the city itself? And even if it's, I, I don't know, but if it's occurred in, in East Harlem, nah, it's definitely occurring in East Harlem. Harlem, period. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it's just it, like I love it the way that they rebuilding it, mm-hmm. but I, what mm-hmm. I don't like is how like they moving everybody out. Yeah, because yeah. the process to get like them lottery apartments is so crazy. It's like either you making too much or you don't make enough, and yep, it's yep. like it's, it's impossible. You know what I'm saying? It's dope that you know they gotta, they have to give a certain percentage of those apartments to the people who live there. But just getting those apartments is so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, man, it's, it's just whack because that they moving everybody out. The people who really live there and put the time in there, who've been through everything that that community has been through don't get to really experience it when they rebuild it yep. that's my biggest problem with it um and then the fact that they moving people out that really don't want to move that they built and established like their family there yeah for a long they time. have memories there and that they kicking them out so i mean it, it's 50 50 with the gentrification issue um like i said i love that they rebuilding it but i think it's whack that the people who really put that time in there helped build it Build that community to what it is. Don't get to really enjoy yeah. the the fruits of it being like really rebuilt. All right. So then I guess now the final word. 
uh, the election. So this is we're in March now. We still got about seven more months before we have to choose um, a president. Now, I, there's I don't even think there's no like easy way to to say this. You know, um, we heard like there's a lot of like political rhetoric out there. A lot of things that happen, and some of it, some of it, to be fair, some of it I understand. You know, like do we live in difficult times? Yes. Is there like threats out there? Yes. Are the threats equally defined? No, because what might be a threat to me might not be a threat to someone else. You know, like for me, I believe like one of the biggest threats for me and my neighborhood is the police. You know, from people for people who care about foreign politics, their biggest like what they perceive as the biggest threat is like ISIS. You know, so. What like where are your thoughts at? Are you gonna vote? Like what's up? I'm definitely gonna vote. Um, I think that that idea when people be like, my 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 opinion doesn't matter. I think that's stupid. I think so too. But. Um, because that one vote, if everybody felt like that, that's not just one person. So like you say your opinion doesn't matter, so you don't vote. My mm-hmm. I, my opinion says I my, my, I feel like my opinion doesn't matter. That's two votes that don't get voted. Mm-hmm. And a thousand other people feel that same way. That's a thousand votes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. say if everybody felt like that for Obama, Obama would be in office. Facts. So because if I'm spreading that to you, yeah, my opinion doesn't matter. Look, this is I just made you believe that your opinion doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like a domino effect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like my opinion matters. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't want Bush in office. Mm-hmm. I mean not Bush. I don't want Trump in office. Trump, yeah. Um, I necessarily don't really want Hillary in office, mm-hmm. but if it, out of the two, I'm choosing her. Yeah, yeah. I personally don't want Hillary in office because I don't feel like she's ready for that pressure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sexist or nothing. It's just mm-hmm. like been just dealing with women in general. It's like it could just be the wrong day. Mm-hmm. It could be the wrong day. It be that time of the month. Bill getting on her nerves. Somebody sending a terrorist threat. Yeah. She got to sign a bill. They ain't passing. Oh, fuck it. Everybody die. Press the red button. <laughs> everybody blow up. So, nah, but you know what I'm saying? I, Bernie, man. Vote Bernie. Man. Yeah. I, I, Bernie, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I have this. I mean, I came to the conclusion that you did or how you got there, but I'm basically, I'm for Bernie as well. Uh, I'm going to start asking everybody that shit now. Like, who are you for? Like, everyone needs to know where they stand. Um, You know, I... I will I would rather not vote than vote for Donald Trump to be honest. Um I think Donald Trump I mean like for for from one perspective what Donald Trump has done is he's allowed the world he has unmasked America as not so post racial or out like there are so many people where, like, you look at them, and you're like, oh, well, you support Donald Trump? It's like, okay, well, I, at least now I know where you stand, you know, with with me and with issues that I think affects me. Because if you think that all Muslims should be banned, if you think that Mexicans are rapists, like, if you, it, I mean, it's a whole heap of stupid, like, just stupid shit. Like, they just, I just weren't even thought through. It's just a popularity contest. You know at this point. Now, nowadays, it's all, everything is what you see in front of you. It's not, people really not doing the research yeah. for certain things. So, people see Donald Trump everywhere, 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 mm-hmm. everywhere, everywhere. Like, a lot of people don't even know Bernie is even running. Like, That's true. They don't even know who he is, that That's he true. even exists. 
That's you know true. what I'm saying? All they know is Hillary and Trump. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And just his views is so crazy, but I don't even feel like people, like when he makes an ass of himself, I really don't think people look at it as he really makes an ass of himself. I think people look at it as like, oh shit, he's in the news again. Oh, I gotta vote for him. That's the only person I know to vote for. I don't even yeah. know who he is. I'm gonna just vote for this nigga because. Yeah, that's all I know. You know, I see I, I see the whole thing really as like one big grand scheme for him. Because think about it like this. Like, I've watched like all the debates that have, well, not all now. I've missed a whole heap of them shits recently. But um, I've, I've watched at least like the first like 10 debates on both sides. And I could say this. If you are a person who doesn't understand no political nothing, Right, and I said it. I, I made that sentence that way that I, for that exact reason. Like I wanted it to seem, I wanted it to not make sense. If politics to you is like some foreign language, you're not going to understand what politicians are talking about. But if you're sitting Donald Trump, from a person who follows politics, he's just saying the same thing over and over again. There's no true structure to what he's talking about. There, he's not. He's he's not even factoring the implications Factoring in the implications of what he's actually saying, but people understand it though. Like it's the it's literally like politics for dummies, and because they get it, it's just like oh well, I, you know that makes sense to me. Why don't we just do that? We, we live in a fried generation. Like, fried generation. We on our phones twenty four seven. Well, I won't say I won't say that because if you look at the overall base of people who vote. There's young voters, there's, you know, I guess middle-aged voters, and then there's older voters, right? And the older voters aren't like us. Like, they don't, they're not into their phone all day. Like, if they were, they should, they would be for, it would be for Bernie Sanders, you know? Yeah, like, they're I, not I focused. I'm, I don't necessarily mean, like, the older voters. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I don't, like, I'm talking about, like, my generation. Yeah, okay, like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, just fried, like, just fried. Just not even really paying attention to what's really going on mm-hmm, and what's really mm-hmm. being said. It's just like, oh, they make it fun of Trump, they make it fun of Trump. Yeah. So when it comes time to vote, they subconsciously placing Trump in the back Facts. of their mind. Yep. So when it yep. comes time to vote and you're looking at all these names, all you know is Trump. Because mm-hmm. if you, and then you're going to be like, you don't want to vote for Trump. So who else do you vote for? Yeah. And you're not going to know nobody else. And you're going to be like, You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel like it's, it's it's sad though. It's really sad. It's really sad. Like it's like a popularity contest. I feel like they degraded Obama being in office so much mm. that the presidency is a joke now. Yeah. Like, it used to be like you had mad prestige, like to be the president of the country. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now it's just like, hey, I wanna run for Whatever. president. I'm gonna yeah. run for president. I got money. Let me fuck these niggas. Yo, 2020 is gonna be crazy. I keep saying that shit. 2020 is gonna be crazy. After after the first four years of whatever mess we end up in with this next president, um, we're gonna have a whole heap of people coming out because Donald Trump has empowered them to just be themselves and do whatever. The game of politics is gone. But uh, last question um, Donald Trump becomes president. What's your go to? What's your go to country? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, I don't know. I'm about to tap into my Panamanian roots. <laughs> serious. I ain't going nowhere, but they going to be like, you from America, you got to go. <laughs> my pops is Panamanian. I'm about to start reconnecting with them over there. Man. It's Start seeing what's up. It's seeing my cousins and my aunts and shit. Just 
know, yo, you know what I'm saying? Start making some friends over there. Bad, bad. Yeah. All right, so shout out all your social media again, KadeemKing.com. What's up? Kadeem King, follow me, man, at Kadeem King underscore Twitter, Instagram, KadeemKing.com. Kadeem King on Facebook. Like I said, it's, a, it's my personal page, man. Right, welcome to my world. See my family, my daughter, and everything. Um, SoundCloud.com slash Kadeem King. Go get all the music up there. Everything you can download, download it. Um, just follow me. Fuck with me, man. Appreciate y'all for everything. That's what's up. All right, folks. It's the Uncle Radio Show podcast. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Uncle Radio Show. Um, We're part of a podcast network called the Indie Creative Network. So make sure you guys check out some of the other shows on our network as well. And we out. The Encore Radio Show podcast is an indie creative network production produced by Lance Huff and executively produced by Chris Copacetic.